Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest hey there, Edwin. Happy Wednesday. Hello, Andrew. Happy Wednesday. Got any fun socks on today? Actually, no. You know what? Me either. We're just business today. Business today. Just business. Just sitting down doing our text talk business. Loving it. Loving every Taking minute of it. Taking care of business. Uh, so I want to jump into the business. We've had a lot of fun starting off these episodes the last couple of days. I think it's time to just get into it. Just, so it's, it's too much fun. Too much. Fourth of July is over. Yeah. Nothing to look forward to now to like, you know, football season. <laughs> <laughs> Psalm 97. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. The Lord is king. Let the earth rejoice. Let the farthest coastlands be glad. Dark clouds surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire spreads ahead of him and burns up all his foes. His lightning flashes out across the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of all the earth. The heavens proclaim his righteousness. Every nation sees his glory. Those who worship idols are disgraced, all who brag about their worthless idols, for every god must bow to him. Jerusalem has heard and rejoiced, and all the towns of Judah are glad because of your justice, O Lord. For you, O Lord, are supreme over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of his godly people and rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light shines on the godly and joy on those whose hearts are right. May all who are godly rejoice in the Lord and praise his holy name. I feel like that uh, there's basically two calls to action in this psalm for the people of God. Uh, The first is about uh, rejoicing, praising him, I guess. Sure. We've had a few of that. Yeah, a lot of that in Uh, these psalms. But then verse 10, a little different. If you love the Lord, or you who love the Lord hate evil, mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a little different call to action there. It is Be praising and it is a God and and hating hate evil. evil, hate evil. And uh, you know, I I'm just sh- sure there's some Christians listening to this and thinking, well, huh? <laughs> Wouldn't have expected that. I one. didn't think we were supposed to hate. I thought it was just love, love, love. And uh, and here we are looking at this mighty God and I think learning something else about uh, his holiness, his power, his might. How do we please God? How do we serve God? Will we even come to hate some things in the name of our love for God? I think that's absolutely it. This psalm, again, uh, we pointed out yesterday or the day before that this psalm, while it talks about the reign of God and we have a, a whole host of things in here about Uh, God's reign, God's love, God's mercy, God's justice. There's some great things that we learn here. This does get to the, um, well, the darker side, the side that we don't want to think about a whole lot. And the reality is... dark clouds and lightnings of our God and the fire that proceeds before him. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the recognition that, again, God is rightly ordered and he orders things rightly. Sure. Which does mean there are some things we should love and there are some things we should hate. I, you know, the ancient concept of education was that the goal of education is to learn the proper estimation and value of things. Hmm. And when I grasp that, I need to understand that there are some things that I should love. Okay. 
And, and that love is not just some kind of emotional, oh, it wells up within me like butterflies in the pit of my stomach that when I see a, a beautiful sunrise or a beautiful sunset that I have, have those, those, th- those beautiful feelings. It's, it's the idea of properly estimating and valuing highly those things. That is, I can recognize that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That is splendid. So that need is to be, amazing. I need to, to be write trained and taught. Yes. To a degree, what is lovable, what is lovable. beautiful, what is valuable, uh, what is awe-inducing, what mm-hmm. I should be in awe of, and and I need to understand that. And the, the concept of love is not just those emotions, but the volitional pursuit. This is so valuable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to honor it. I'm going to lift it up. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to emulate it. All of that is combined in the concept of love. So it's not just my emotional reaction to something, my physical chemical reaction yeah. to something. We, uh, we have romanticized my, my love. My mind and heart needs to be trained a little bit yes. to discern. We have romanticized love so that whenever we think about love, it always kind of has that romantic hint to it. Yeah. And I don't want to dismiss romantic love, and I'm certainly not going to act like there wasn't romantic love in the Bible days. There, there, there certainly was that. Yeah. But it's the recognition that love as kind of a broader topic and theme is not just romantic. Love is the idea that here is something or someone that I value. Mm. Here is a principle. Here is an event. Here is an action. Here is a person. I value this person. I value this event. I value this principle. I value this concept. I lift it up. I pursue it. I emulate it. It's it's what I want to be. It's what I want to see more of. Okay. I love it. Okay. So if love is not just romance, then are we learning that hate is not just malice? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So I'm glad you took that step because that's that's what we see here. I mean, it is hate, evil, and... But how can we be evil on evil? A house divided against itself can't stand. Yeah. Yeah. So so here's the thing. I mean, I know we live in a day, day and age that likes to say things, even among Christians, because we see this. We want to soften it. We want to. Well, what, what the scripture says is we're supposed to hate evil things. We're supposed to hate evil actions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hate the sin, but love the sinner. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, look, I'm just going to tell you, Andrew, there are passages where this term hate is used and it's talking about the people. Yeah. It's talking about the people, and I mean, we've got passages that talk about how God hates uh, even this, not just the sin, but even the sinners. And we, we need to honestly recognize these passages are here. Here's one, Psalm 5 and verse, I'm going to start in verse 4. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we can look at some other passages yeah. that highlight that. As we go through the Psalms, we find passages where the psalmist himself talks about hating not just the sin, but also hating the sinner. I'm going to look at just one example of this in Psalm 119 and verse 113. Here's what the psalmist says. I hate the double-minded but I love your law. Mm-hmm. Now, our problem again, like you brought up earlier, if, if love is not strictly romance, then hate may not strictly be malice. Hate mm-hmm. may not just be, I see you, and I have all these terrible, roaring loathing. feelings, loathing. Disgust. We actually need to see something volitional here. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's the idea that there's something I am attracted to, so I pursue it. 
And it's the idea of there's something that I am repelled by, and so I push it away. I don't want any part of it. I don't. I don't want to pursue that. I don't want to be in it. I don't mm-hmm. lift it up. I don't honor it. I don't. I don't emulate it. I point out that I don't want this to be yeah. a part of what, what's going on in my life and the way I behave and the way I act. And we need to push that away. So uh, to this idea of it being volitional, uh, in Proverbs chapter 8, Proverbs 8 and verse 13, the scripture says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Now here's here's the wise man, Solomon, or perhaps Lady Wisdom there, but ever how that works out. I have uh, quoted many times other Proverbs where the fear of the Lord is the beginning, beginning of, of wisdom. Yeah, beginning of wisdom, beginning of knowledge. But we need to appreciate here the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And this goes right along with this concept of discerning and being trained. These things are good, love the Lord, but these things are evil. And so have no part of them. In fact, we ought to avoid and actively avoid evil ways, perverse speech. And certainly that is informed by God's attitude towards these things and what God has said about these things. In Proverbs chapter 6, you get a little list in verse 16. It says, Proverbs six sixteen: these six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift, running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. If God despises these things, then if I'm going to fear the Lord, I need to despise these things. I need to shun these things. I need to hate these things. I need to push them away. I need to say that is not the kind of life I'm going to live. I don't want that to be a part of my life. And in fact, if I'm going to be a person who does not uh, listen to the counsel of the ungodly, who does not walk in the way of sinners, who does not sit in the seat of scoffers, that also means that that there's a pushback on the people who are living in that. Yeah. And and I I need to... I'm going to say this is a grown-up word and a grown-up concept. I remember as a child being taught over and over again, don't say hate we don't hate. Yeah. You know, in anger, you lash out in words. And you say, I hate you or I hate this. Um, we are not talking about, again, the malice, the unchecked anger that expresses itself in hate. We're talking about a different concept here. Well, to, to that end, let's let's make a couple of connections. So in Amos chapter 5, beginning at verse 14, we find our word again. It says, I'm going to read two verses here. Seek good and not evil that you may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you as you have said. Hate evil and love good and establish justice in the gate. It may be that the Lord, the God of hosts, will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph. Notice the parallels here. So mm-hmm. the, the parallel lines, seek good and not evil, hate evil and love good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do we have? Loving good means seeking good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And hating evil means not seeking evil. It means turning away from evil. Again, it is that volitional idea. I think in Romans chapter 12, Paul comes back to this as he talks about unfeigned love. Now, that's what I think is interesting. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 9, it, I know in the English translations, there's trying to grasp what's the concept behind this. It adds some words in, but very literally, it just says the love unfeigned. Mm-hmm. And then it starts giving some lists, some descriptions of what unfeigned or sincere or non-hypocritical love is. And here's how it starts. 
abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Mm-hmm. What is sincere love? Sincere love is abhorring what is evil and loving what is good. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, that's, that's what Paul says. We need to understand that. Well, what is that? That's that volitional concept of I am pushing away the evil and I am pursuing the good. Yeah. And that's what we need to understand. You who love the Lord, if you're going to value the Lord, if you're going to say that the Lord and his things are good and valuable and honorable and to be praised and are excellent and worthy, then anything that is not of him, you just have to understand it's not that. Yeah. It, it is yeah. to be pushed away. It is to be abhorred. It is to be, we, we need to push that away. And sadly, sometimes that does end up including people who will not let go of those things. I'm not talking about people who struggle, but I'm talking about the people who in rebellion pursue that. Sometimes that's exactly what that's going to mean. Well, and not that every psalm has to remind us of Psalm 1, but as this conversation <laughs> has, has worked its way around, uh, you know, the warning is about going along with these scoffers, with these haters and yes. people hating God and all the righteous things, as opposed to loving the Lord of God, holding fast to that. So if we can take this last minute and try to bring home to our own Christianity and to our Savior Jesus, because I know one of the beautiful things about Jesus was the fact that he would eat with tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes. Right. He would not. And so that— Those, those people love to be around him. They love to be around him. You know, the, the interesting thing about that is that when we take a look, what's actually happening is— the tax collectors, the sinners, the prostitutes are hearing Jesus' message of forgiveness, mm-hmm. of their ability to repent and find forgiveness. Yeah, there's hope. And they are attracted to that. And they are actually following him. What is not happening in the Gospels is Jesus just going out and partying with sinners until they decide they like him and will let him talk. It's actually, he went into town and went to the synagogues Mm -hmm. and he did some teaching Mm -hmm. and people heard the teaching and they were attracted to it and they came to hang out with him. Yeah. Now, you know, the Pharisees, they wouldn't allow that. No, no, you've you've sinned too much. You don't get to be a part of us. Jesus was different from that. He, he went ahead. Yes, come on, come on in. But, but the thing that we have to understand is that while Jesus offered good news and gospel to the worst of sinners, including you, Andrew, and including me, there is a point that if what we do is reject the message of salvation, which is actually about change, Mm -hmm. repentance, and becoming more like Jesus and transformation, if we reject that, we do need to understand there is a point where Jesus himself will say, all right, we're not hanging out together anymore because that is evil, and I eschew evil. I push evil back. I cannot. I will not be in fellowship with this. We just need to understand. He does look at us. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. That is a trustworthy saying. But I tell you what he didn't do. Jesus Christ did not come into the world to let people just keep sinning. Sure. He wanted to save us from that. And so let's let him. And, and part of that is going to be, I, I'm going to turn around and hate the evil that even I've done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we need to repent of that. All right, I know we, we need to wrap up here. Let's go ahead and end with a prayer. Our great God and Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, how you teach us in your word. And I pray, Father, that you would train our hearts, that we might discern to love, volitionally love, those things that, that you love and that are beautiful and true. And Father, that we would learn to volitionally hate those things that you oppose and are antagonistic to your holiness and nature. Grant us the discernment and the will to act in these ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. 
You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Edwin, I can't recall, was it was it Rudyard Kipling or or Taylor Swift who said, a hater's got to hate, hate, hate. <laughs> well, it was Rudyard Kipling who said the female of the species is more deadly than the male. So it must have been Taylor Swift who said that other thing. Probably in connection to Rudyard Kipling. <laughs> <laughs>